0: that you would just protect him, Father, that you would strengthen him, Lord, that you would heal him, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, for peace for his mind and his heart, God, for all that he has on his plate, Lord. I I pray, Father, for each one of us that our roots would grow down deep, God. I pray, God, that we would not um, sway and 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 fall. uh. Pray, God, to the darkness of the hour, that we would not fall away from you, Lord. I pray God, that many would come to know you and love you, Father. For those in this fellowship that don't know you, God, I pray that they would bow their knee, that they would see their need for a Savior, God. I pray, God, that you would um, add to our numbers those that are being saved, Lord. I pray, Father, that lives would be changed, Father. I thank you, God, that in a world where um, the enemy is devouring churches, Father, that you would protect us, God. Protect us from the enemy, Father. Uh, by the power of your name, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: The atmosphere is changed. Nothing stays the same. Heaven is waiting for the mention of the name. The Spirit is
2: Not like you, Lord. And Father, you call us to be holy, set apart. And the only way that we can obtain holiness, Father, is being born again. In and of ourselves, God, in and of the nature in which we're born in. This nature of rebellion towards you, Father, we may act and attempt and try to be holy, but, Father, we would always fail. But, Jesus, it's in you. It's in your perfect righteousness. It's as we abide in you, as we are born again, as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, as we walk in step with the Spirit that we may not gratify the desires of the flesh. God, that we are set apart, Lord, to be your image bearers. That we are now part of the royal priesthood. That we are co-heirs with Christ, redeemed, saved, sanctified, and sealed until the day of redemption. Called out to be your people. your purpose. Father, may you awaken us today, Lord, the church throughout the earth, Father. Breathe upon us afresh and anew, Lord. Give us a greater hunger and thirst for righteousness, Father, for your name's sake, that we would go forth in such a darkened world, Lord, and bear your light. That we would walk upright amongst a wicked and perverse generation. God, knowing that your hand is upon us. Father, that we are protected by the name in which you have been given. Father, that we, Father, are called the children of God. Because we have been born again, set apart, made holy through Christ. So encourage us this day, Lord, to keep our eyes focused and fixed upon you. May all that we say and do
1: honor you. It's all for your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name,
2: amen, amen. Application. Sustained effort, hard work. It's from the root word apply, to give one's full attention to a task, to work hard. So, again, as I've been asking us, how we do? How are we doing? How'd you do this week? After studying Matthew chapter 24 and 25 last week, really the reality is how many of us really went back and studied it, prayed through it, meditated upon it, applied it in our lives? How many of you were able to share the gospel this week? How many of you were able to go forth this week and understand that your purpose now, if you're truly born again, if you're in Christ, is to go forth when the world is in chaos and continue to proclaim Christ. To offer hope. To share the gospel. To share the message of the Savior. The one who came. To deliver the created out of their bondage unto their Creator. So now that therefore they are at peace with God through Jesus Christ, Their Lord. You see, we are to be His image bearers. We are going forth, announcing the good news, encouraging, edifying each other, building each other up, living for Christ, knowing that we will die for Christ. Our lives for the gospel. This is the call to the Christian life. Our life for the gospel. So, application is vital just can't be hearers of the Word. We must be doers of it. We must walk in step with the Holy Spirit. If we're truly born again of the Spirit, then we must begin to mature, to, to begin to allow God to discipline us, to allow our lives to be disciplined so that we're maturing for His sake, for Him, not for us, but for Him. Because it's Christ living in and through us. We now understand our purpose. We're not looking to the temporal to fill our purpose. No, we understand our purpose because our purpose is found in Christ. And we know that our Creator purposed us for such a time as this. We're called to this generation. As long as there's breath in your body, you are purposed. (laughs) To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your body, And with all of your strength.
0: You don't have
2: to have a divided heart. No. Your heart is towards God. So application. So again, applying the Bible is the duty of all Christians. Not just some Christians. If we don't apply it, the Bible becomes nothing more to us than a normal book. And a practical collection of old manuscripts. Manuscripts. That's why Paul says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. When we apply the Bible, God himself will be with us. The God of peace with us. As we're meditating, as we're devouring the word, opening up, seeking him. Seeking truth, how may it be applied to our lives, to this newness of life. Because remember, the old has passed away. Behold, all things are made new. That's what I keep trying to encourage you. Your old life knows nothing of the new, and your new life knows nothing of the old. Yet they're at war with each other. And that's the point. They're at war with each other because they don't know each other. And they both want dominion over your life. And so what you yield to is what you're giving yourself over to. But as a believer, you're not giving yourself over to the old. Because you recognize that that nature is in complete rebellion towards God. So you're learning to yield now to the Holy Spirit. And beginning to apply truth to your life so that you're maturing. So that you're growing. Again. Again giving thought to your thoughts. You are going to reap what you sow. That's a, that's a kingdom principle. You're going to give back what you've sown into. And why we keep choosing to sow into the flesh, sow into the dust, sow into the, the temporalness of life, when we know good and well nothing's going good, it's going come back from it. Maybe, maybe for a moment... Maybe for maybe a season, but ultimately, all of it fades away. That's when we sow to the spirit that life comes forth that we can live and that we, again, we, we know our purpose. Again, where you know, times are, are shifting. people are on edge. people are thinking about the end times, whether they're saved or not. People are questioning. people are looking at what's going on on the Earth. And they're saying, what? Are we at the end of time? And we as Christians have the answers. We know the truth. We know what's to come. That's why we're not to be quaking. We're not to be hiding. We're not to be, you know, acting a fool. No, we're to be diligent, being about our Father's business. Going forth sharing the good news, praying, interceding, (laughs) encouraging, remaining grounded in Christ, abiding in Christ. Again, this concept that the Word of God tells us, allowing our roots to grow down deep in Christ. So when I ask you, how have you done this week? It's not to berate you. It's not to beat you down. It's not to make you feel, oh, I'm, I'm... I'm a bad Christian. Because again, when you do that, you're just looking at yourself. No, the reality is, is how are we doing? Because the days are growing more evil. Everything out here wants your attention. Because if you can uh, give it your attention, it's going to captivate you. See, you're applying something to your life. application, sustained effort, hard work. You're doing it either via the flesh or via the spirit. And it's your choice. So what are you giving thought to? And I keep telling you, now that we're into 10 months of this, if you haven't begun, then today's the day. Begin. Get up, repent, Throw off the sin that so easily entangles you and run the race with endurance that He has set before you. But if you never come to Christ, then let today be the day that you are saved. That you recognize that you are a sinner, you're in need of Christ, this provision which God gave to you, His Son, that you might be restored back to Him, that Jesus took what you deserved, God's wrath. And Jesus, in that, placed His righteousness upon you. He wasn't expecting you to clean yourself up. He knew you wouldn't. But in you yielding to Him, what you receive from Him, man, do you know it? Do you understand what has taken place in your life? You are a new creation. And so if you're not applying truth, and you're still applying the lies from the past. You're still living in deception. Like everything is waging war against you. Everything. You see, I don't, I, sometimes, you know, I've sat through this. It's been a weird week, but I've just sat through this week and I'm like, God, and not just us, but just The church at large, like, I see what's being, I don't know if y'all see what's being peddled out there. (laughs) And I don't know if you truly understand, like, from the beginning to the end, God's word, everything's warring against it. Everything. God spoke in the world, was formed. God created man and breathed life into him. Created woman so that man would not be alone. And then the enemy comes in, and what did the enemy challenge Eve with? God's word. Did God really say? From the beginning, it's been all out war against the truth, against the established word of God. You can see it all through the Old Testament, as I'm now studying the book of Jeremiah. I mean, these prophets, God was sending these men to his people, and these people weren't listening. And I'm just like, what? And they they killed the prophets. Shut them up. We don't want to hear the word. All the way down to when Jesus comes. The announcement of the birth of the one. The king, the true king, the savior. Remember the wise men come a traveling. They announced what their reason was. And what did the king do? Kill all the babies. And you said, well, what are you trying to say to us? Do not understand. And you think you're just going to roll out of bed and be a Christian. I'm a Christian. My poor life. What have we done in the church? The Christians don't know how to fight. And not a physical fight. But in the spiritual. That's why I keep telling you all. Why are we subservient to all these other gods out there? And the reason why we are is because we're ignorant. We're ignorant. And we're choosing to remain ignorant to the things of God. And somehow thinking that pleases God, but it doesn't. It doesn't please God if you truly know Him. Open His Word. Open His Word. You're mocking Him. I mean, that's the reality. so when I'm looking at the stuff that people send me or things that just show up and it's quote-unquote Christian stuff and I use that term loosely though the world announces it to be Christian and I hear these teachers and I'm listening to these preachers and these evangelists and I'm like listen, if I wasn't grounded in Christ if Christ did not begin this work in me if it wasn't Christ who delivered me and saved me, Lord knows where I would be. I may be in church, but I may be in transition. (laughs) Just giving me the right to everything to myself. I mean, I look at the stuff that's being taught, I'm seeing the things that are coming in, and I'm like, what? And everyone's just celebrating it. Everyone's just carrying on with it and then they're backing it up with Scripture, yet the Scripture is twisted, and it's deceiving. And we're just going to get up. I'm a Christian. All-out war is going on against the Word of God. And so... If you've received the Word of God, if you receive Christ, all out war for the very being of who you are, for your soul. And I don't know, in and of myself, I can't wake people up. I can pray, I can say, Oh God. I mean, I ended last week. I don't mean many of you heard it or went and studied it because we studied it before about the parable of the sower. And, you know, know, the word is being sown and everyone's like, oh, I'm receiving it. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. But then all of a sudden Satan comes and takes it. The, The cares of life choke it out. And before you know it, we're down and broke, busted and disgusted again. Don't even know who we are, who God is. application is vital. And it's not easy. It's not easy. Because everything out here and everything you're taking in is trying to tear it apart. Because it tries to tear him apart. Stripping him down, making him common. He's no longer holy. No, he's common. What are we doing? What are we doing? Again, the lost, they're not our enemy. They're lost. (laughs) We're not to be subservient to the gods that they serve. We ought to be inspired by those of faith that have gone before us. The Daniels. (laughs) You know? Ruth. (laughs) Moses. you name them we ought to be inspired because they lived during their time when the war was out against the word against god against truth and they lived a life upright among the wicked and perverse generation oh that we would live our lives you all but we can't if we're not applying the Bible says you, if you seek him, you'll find him. If you seek him with your whole heart. I mean, the stuff that's being peddled out there. And then you can hear Paul's heart. When he's writing to the churches. And he knows what's being waged against them, the war that is being waged against them. And he's at, you know, he's sincere, like, have you turned away? I hope not. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Why are you believing a different gospel now than the one you first believed? Something happened. Why are you trying now to live out in the flesh what you received in the spirit? No, it can't be done. I mean, you hear the heart because it's the Father's heart to his people. Abide in me. Remain in me. Look to me. I am your God. You are my people for my purpose. I'm coming back for you. Amen. Amen. Just remain in me. Why are you looking out there? Why are you subservient to all these other gods? There, to be, there is to be no other God for you except me. He says. This is how we're to be living. This is how we're to be living. In a day and age. And I keep telling you on it because if there's anything special to me, just open up the word. It tells you. As we get closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to his return, Christians on this earth, no matter what part of the earth we're in, we're going to be pushed out. Of the world system, and for God's sake, did you not miss it? Did you? Did you hear? It? Did you miss it last week? Jesus's words: They're going to hate you. They're going to lock you up. They're going to murder you because you belong to me. And he wasn't—he wasn't quaking when he said that. Oh, poor you, poor you! <laughs> no, no, he was just letting you know. So consider the cost. Lest we keep making him this weird, weak-willed man. Like he is adamant. This is the future. This is what's going to happen to those who belong to me. And he says to us, I'm telling you ahead of time. (laughs) Lest you be surprised when it happens. Because he did it to me. And so again, we're just going to get up and just go about our days, still shackled and chained and and bondage and enslaved to Every little bit of wind that blows against us, we're collapsing. Every other little god that reeks its head up, we're we're falling prey to it. And then so. If we're living that way, then how weak is your God? And so the world looks at you and laughs at him. Who wants that God? (laughs) Oh no. Never walk upright. Yet though a thousand may fall on this side, ten thousand on that side, (laughs) I will still see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Yes, I know sin crouches at my door and its desire is to master me. But the Word of God tells me that I must learn how to master it. I can only do that through Christ. You see, I don't know how you're talking to yourself. Because if you're not talking, speaking forth the Word, using the Word, which is your sword, you're devoured, you're defeated. You've already done surrendered to the enemy of your soul. And you're going to be dragged on to hell with them. You say, I don't believe that. Well, then, praise the Lord then. You got a different gospel than what's in here. Lest we forget, Jesus says, it's those who endure to the end. They will be saved. And then he tells us the great news. In the midst of all of this chaos, His Word, His Gospel will be preached throughout the earth. So let them do whatever they want to do to you. Don't get so caught up on yourself. Just know this, what's going to carry you through as they're lobbing off your head, the Gospel will still go forth. There's a way in which we can rejoice and live, you all. And it's in Christ. So the degree to which you study, memorize, and meditate on God's Word is the degree to which we understand how it applies to our lives. But understanding how the Word applies is not enough. You must actually apply it. Application implies action. And obedient action is the final step in causing God's Word to come to life in our lives. The application of Scripture enforces and further enlightens our study. It also serves to sharpen our discern discernment, helping us better distinguish between good and evil. Because we're to be the people of God, doing the will of God, for the glory of God. So then, we're picking back up this week. How then shall we live? On the brink of World War III. Rather it's today, tomorrow, or hundred years from now. Oh, at some point. What's prophetically written, what's hap- going to happen on the earth, oh, it will happen. Yes. So maybe we're just getting a preview. Oh, I bet, or I would say, because I like Jesus' words better. Oh, these are just the beginning of per- birth pains. More's <laughs> coming, you all. What, Jesus? Oh, I don't like that, Jesus. Who are we? No. Like, when you hear this, he says. When you see this. It's just the beginning of, this is just birth pains. The worst is yet to come. Oh, what kind of good news is that, Jesus? See, it's not good news if you're just living your little weak-willed Christian life in the temporal world. God, we better wake up, you all. Like, what? let the eyes be open. What? Christianity is not a temporal religion. You're born again of the Spirit. You begin to live differently. You're not going to have a perfect life. It's always not going to be a victor, victorious life. There will be seasons where you are hammered down Pressed in on all sides, but here's the good news you won't be crushed. Persecuted and not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. You know, Satan comes after us. His breath is breathing down our back and we just crumble. Things happen in our lives. mind plays games, your, your emotions, your feelings, like, ah, all this stuff. People hurt you. This over here, that over here, you're still enslaved to this and, and bondage to that. But you got to get up. You got to keep moving forward. We got to stop giving everything it's right to us when we belong to Christ. Man, I was listening to this man preach the other night. I said, come on, brother. I said, what kind of goodness is this? No, and it probably was offending other people, but I said, preach it, man, preach it. He started talking about his years of, of, of pornography viewing and masturbation and just getting raw and real. And he thought he would never be free from it until he said, I started calling Jesus' name when I was in the midst of the act. Oh. I said, well, come on, yes. Started calling Jesus' name when I was reaching for the stuff. It's calling Jesus' name. I was putting Jesus. He said, when I made it about Jesus and stopped making it about my failure, I found my freedom in it. I don't have to go back and pleasure myself. I don't have to go and look at the filth that's destroying the lives of of thousands of people who are giving themselves, who are enslaved and bondage to it. I can come to know what purity is so I can save myself for my wife. He was just breaking down. He said, but it was at the name of Jesus. It was inviting Jesus in to my sin, to the deeps and the darkness and the depravity of, of my actions and in my mind. I couldn't think of all the scripture to use, but I knew the name of Jesus. I said, Come on, brother. What? And now I can look at other captives and proclaim the message of freedom. It's only through Jesus. And that's for everything that's for your lying tongue, that's for your gossiping nature. You're backbiting. You're grumbling. You're complaining. You're fevery, whatever it is. Just invite Jesus in because He already knows. Just give it to Him. You saw it that simple, yeah. But it's hard work. It's every day. And so there's a day where you're like, oh, Jesus, all right. See, so just move on to the next level. You're just continuing to grow and mature. You're not perfect until you're with him. But you ought to be maturing. There ought to be a level of maturity, maturing that's happening in your life, because if not, something's wrong with your Christianity. Warning, warning, warning,
1: warning. Shh.
2: The enemy. You're listening more to the enemy hissing And you are to Christ declaring over your life. First and foremost, who he is. And then who you are in him. And so I keep encouraging you all. I don't know why you want to remain a child of wrath. And God has made provision for you to be a child of love. And why we keep allowing the church to run amok the way it is. And where it's going you all I'm telling you all you better open it I'm telling you It's when I'm telling you this stuff I'm hearing preached we're not going to have to worry too much about the lost they're going to have issues with us oh it's going to be the religious among us that's going to be irritated by our freedom and I'm not just talking about us but I'm talking about the true genuine church the authentic church, Christ's church, all the religious are not going to be happy. Because they're out there trying to deconstruct it and rebuild it. You know, we have our own little segment of Christian entertainment over the years. The Dove Awards. They give out awards for Christian music, Christian movies, Christian stuff. <laughs> and lo and behold, this year we got drag queens coming up, getting awards. We got men who, who now want to dress who who don't even call themselves drag queens. They just they're just pansexual now. They're they're just don't they, you know they're fluid in their gender, and so they're wearing dresses. And you got all this craziness just happening. And again, they're not our enemies. I'm not mad at them. But it breaks my heart. I go,
1: what on earth?
2: Christians are applauding it, oh yes. So-called Christians. (laughs) The masses, oh yes, we've we've come, we've arrived. To what? What have we arrived to? Destruction? Not really genuinely loving our brothers and sisters enough to get in their way? Not to be rude, not to be angry, not to be crazy, but love them enough to tell them the truth. Like, hey, wait a minute. Like, hey, if that's how you want to live, then go. Run amok. But as I sat there and I watched them, and I'm looking and I'm saying, and I've been saying this for years now, for years. I mean, if, if you've been around me long enough, I said years ago. Ten years ago, I don't know how long ago, I said, I'm going to write a book, what the church can learn from the gay community. <laughs> I go, what on earth is going on? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. We want to point our fingers at the LGBTQ people. Ugh. Curse them, ah, it's horrible, blah, 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 But yet we don't want to sit and point to the finger of the couple shacking up as if somehow they're going to heaven. We don't want to point our fingers over here to the the gossiper or the backbiter or the grumbler or the one filled with anger. We don't want to deal with any other sin. Unless the church has to be cleared out and there's no one sitting there. So we'll look at them. And so when these communities come in and they look around, they're like, What's different? How can you get away with what you get away with, and then you're telling me I can't? And so the word of God is questioned. Then, oh, that's true. Because we're just all sinners, aren't we? Aren't we just sinners? We're sinners, good old sinners, aren't we? Just good old sinners. Now, what is the difference? Well, there's no difference.
1: No, everyone, everyone, everyone.
2: Everyone, we're all going to heaven. Come on, everyone, everyone. Open the door. Swing open the doors. That's why I told you. The same gospel that I would share with someone in the LGBT community would be the same gospel I'm going to share with those shacking up. Or who has a lying problem or a gossiping problem or a backbiting or grumbling or an, an, an addict or... You know, a murmuring or complaining, whatever it is. I, I told you, when Christ came for me, He just didn't say, "Let's move all the other sins away, Rob, and let's just deal with that one." No, it was the very core being of who we are—sinful, rebellious. but what are you saying, Pastor? We're not going to sin. What are you preaching, Christian perfectionism? And so when I hear that, I go, oh, don't you want to hold on to your old self? Boy, that grip is hot and hard on you, isn't it? You're just trying to find every which way to hold on and not be loose and free from it. Ain't no one preaching Christian perfectionism. What we're preaching is freedom. 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 He who the sun sets free is free indeed. That's why people have a problem with Jeffrey Dahmer being in heaven if he is. People say, how, 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 how can that be? Oh, if you understand the grace of God and the mercy and the love of God. If, no matter what the background is, no matter what level that person has fallen into. See, we're all on level playing ground. We're all sinners. in need of a savior. But that's horrendous. So are you. Oh, not me. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, never. I never would have done that. But you're a sinner, though. Complete rebellion towards God. And the only way that that identity is stripped from you is through Christ being born again. You're born again now. So you don't go around parading and carrying on about your sinful nature. You recognize it, and you go, aha, I know you, but let me remind you, I nailed you to his cross. You've been, that's what the word of God says, yes. you've been crucified there. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ living in and through me. See, I don't know what you're doing, you all. Or are you just getting up? Boom, I'm a Christian. Oh, no, it's all at war. It is all out war. So when the other communities look in to the church and they see there's no standard of holiness, righteousness, and their God is not great, they're going to come to devour the community. No matter what the community is. It doesn't even have to be LGBTQ. You can just have the witches come on in there, cultic, and everyone else usher right in the mediums, the seances, all of them, they're sitting among the church. A lot of them are leading the intercessory classes. That's how to tell that one group. Oh, you a bunch of witches. <laughs> like you're not doing anything different than I did when I was in the world. Oh, they They're they got ugly. They tried to slander me, tried to go to the pastors bec- about me, <laughs> come get me from dinner, march me into the church. See, the devil don't mind you all. people just gathering. Because we're still serving him. (laughs) He doesn't mind me slapping Jesus' name on it either. But if you're truly a Christian, if we're truly the church, it takes all of us to get up daily to push back and say not on my watch it takes you to be open to the holy spirit to bring conviction and correction to your life so that when another brother or sister or the pastor or someone else has to come up to you and bring it you've already felt it oh yes instead of fighting back instead of wanting to throw your foot down instead of when you want to get nasty we know already. We know already. That's why we must be reminded whom we belong to. Who we are to live for. Because we're a new creation. I don't claim, I'm not going to go around saying, say, well, I'm just a sinner. No, I used to be. But now I'm a child of God. This is my identity. This is your identity if you're truly a Christian. So now live as such. The problem is is where we give up and we we don't claim that we're children of God because we see that we keep falling and failing and we get frustrated because we keep doing it in our own strength instead of applying truth and allowing the Holy Spirit to grow us and to mature us, allowing Him to discipline us. So it's easy for us to go back. I'm just a sinner. Oh God, I just need your grace and mercy. He's done giving it to you. Why are you laying the foundations over and over and over and over? And somehow you think that's holy living. And it's making a mockery of it. Because you're done going back. I'm just a sinner. Guess what sinners do? Sin. They're destructive. They lie, cheat, steal, kill. Give over to every wild form of desires. What do children of God do? They seek to live for Christ, to honor Christ, to know Christ, to love Christ. But what do they do if they sin? They repent. They get up. They throw, what the Bible says, they throw off the sin that so easily entangles them and they run the race with endurance. That's why 1 John writes, I write to you so that you will not sin. But if you do, remember. You have to know what you're up against each and every single day. If you didn't save yourself, I didn't save myself. That's why the question has to be, how then now shall we live? I didn't know how to live as a, as a Christian, as a child of God. You loved me. I don't even know you. I, I don't even know how to act or behave. Because you revealed, you were pleased to read, okay, I'll just I'll just walk it out. Yes, you're gonna stumble. Yes, you're gonna fall flat on your face. Yes, you're gonna make mistakes. Yes, you're you know, it's 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 gonna look ugly and it's not even gonna look like good or anything. But you know what? God can take all that and turn it around for his good. Because you're going to get up. Sinners stay down. Sinners stay on the mat. They have all the excuses as to why they won't get up and move. Children of God, oh, ask me once if I want to be healed. Oh, well, you know, Jesus asked me twice. Oh, okay, you? But you tell me to pick up my mat and I can't see what the heck I'm doing? Well, I trust in you. So, woo, let's go. Where am I going? Because I don't know where I'm going. He looked at people, and he told told them. Even this is even before the Holy Spirit came. Still so fascinates me to this day when I read Scripture. And he says, "Go sin no more." I'm like, "Wow, Jesus!" I do understand the lives that were impacted by Jesus. They were forever altered, forever changed. That's how your life is to be marked, you all. So then now, how then shall we live? We see the signs. Jesus told us in our last reading last week, when you see all of this, these are signs. Just like when you see a bunch of vultures, you you know there's something dead. So when you see these these signs, just know the times that are upon you. The level of deception that's rising up. And we just want to get to church when it fits our schedule. We just want to get into fellowship when it fits our time because you know I got other this, got this, and I got that. Like, yes, you know what? Yes, times come up and you have other things you need to do. But if it's something consistent, y'all really need to check your heart as what is going on, because you're making your church attendance about you. But we need you. You need us. We need to be iron sharpening iron. We need to be growing together, maturing together, praying together, crying together, encouraging together, accountable to one another, being a part of it, giving, sewing into the offerings, giving towards the needs, and not just taking. And not just well, oh, here today gone tomorrow, I'll be around when I can, whatever. I'm telling you, that type of life is not going to sustain you. It's not going to sustain you. Not in the days that are coming. Do you understand the world is preparing for the Antichrist? I mean, Jesus told us last week when we read through the Word, there's going to be many false messiahs. Like, do you understand where we're heading? And we think that we can just keep doing church. Church. The way we want to. Oh, we can. But trust me when I tell you. The wrath of God. That's coming first. To these houses. Of idol worship. That just have Jesus' name on it. I'm telling you. There's nothing special of me. Just read this. It's terror. Like, I don't know when's the last time you opened up and you read the prophets. I don't know when's the last time you read the book of Revelation. I don't know when's the last time you really opened this up and began to understand the God in whom you say you love with your whole heart. I love Jesus. But yet, but yet, you've got no fear of him. He's not holy to you. He's just a
1: comment.
2: <clears throat> and you go, How can that be? How can that be? <coughs> because if you truly know, and you truly understand, like I'm reading and I'm studying, I'm just like, What? My God. Jesus. Yes, Lord. So I love him I'm like, ah. Like he's not weak-willed. He's not, he's not subservient to us and to all these other gods that are out there. I don't know why we make him that way. Like he came to serve the other gods. What kind of nonsense? Like we just put him up to the table and sitting right there. Oh, he's among them. No, no. He's above them. You've got to know your God, you all, so that you truly know how to live. How then shall you live? Go to Acts chapter 17. Carrie, I went ahead and I'm not going to do Mark because it basically is the same scriptures from Matthew. So we're moving on to Acts chapter 17. So these scriptures, <coughs> now I get through them all today, but we're going to park ourselves right here because the question is how then shall you live on the brink of World War III? or in the end times, wherever you want to word it. Acts 17, verse 24 through 31. <clears throat> he is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And human hands can't serve his needs. For he has no hands. I'm sorry. He has no needs. (laughs) He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. We're talking about God here, you all. The purpose, so hone in, listen to this. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not that far, I'm sorry, far from anyone, any of us. For in him we live and move and exist. As some of you own Poets have said we are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. Highlight that. Circle that. Because here this last part. But now he commands Everyone, everywhere, to repent of their sins and turn to Him. For He has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man He has appointed. And He proved to everyone who this is by raising Him from the dead. So, then, how then you read these scriptures, the question you're asking yourself as you're going back this week, reopening these scriptures. How do you apply it? Ask yourself, what do I take from this to apply to my life, to live, to really give thought to? Because as I think, so I go. Well, listen, for God's sake, what it says here. Know your God. <clears throat> What's the purpose for all this creation? How he's raised up nations, how he brought them down. The purpose behind it was so that they would seek him, that they would come to know him. Listen to all that. In the past, he overlooked the people's ignorance. But not now, you all. Not now. lest we think we're all marching into heaven. No, no, no. It's only those who repent. This is what it says here. But now, he commands. It's not a suggestion. He commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sin and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. Well, oh, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. This is the message in what, in whom, in, to whom we have to carry. This is God. We don't have to be embarrassed about our God. We don't have to be ashamed about him. We don't have to remain ignorant. We don't have to, you know, be like the world, second-guessing Him. Know your God. I told you, people say, how can a loving God? Well, when they say that, you all, it's just revealing to you how ignorant they are. You don't have to respond that way to them. But you need to respond. Like, if you truly know Him, you wouldn't say that. You're questioning God's love. What you ought to be questioning is your nature. And every other created being on this earth. The nature that is in rebellion towards God. God made provision for the rebellion to cease. And His name is Jesus. And it's only through Him that mankind can be born again. And be set free from this nature that deserves The wrath of God, the justice of God. You see, God's justice is coming. God's wrath is coming upon this earth for those who continue to rebel against him. There is a day appointed for this. (coughs) And the only way out is through Jesus. And if they get nasty, they say whatever well you know what, it's fine, shake the dust off your feet you don't need to get offended you don't need to get all wounded you don't need to start second guessing yourself or second guessing your God just pick up and move on you've done what you needed to do you sowed a seed, you warded it you're not Holy Spirit Junior you're not going to harvest it but you to got to start talking you got to start speaking You've got to start sharing. That's how you live now. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 through 2. So I'm going to bounce around. So I'm going to read 1 to 2 from chapter 4 verses 1 to 2 then I'm jumping to verses 7 through 8 and then I'm going to end just on verse 16. Jumping around, not reading the whole chapter. So now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. He's writing to the church, you all. He's letting the church know. And then I really love how it begins because as I've been studying over the past couple of weeks, just this verse too, I go, wow, man. y'all, did y'all see that? Now the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit tells us clearly, remember He's your teacher, He's your guide. He's your comforter. He's the one empowering you to live out the word that you are applying. It can only be done through Him. He's in you. Like, do you give thought to that? God in you. Via the Holy Spirit. I love it when I hear testimonies or, or I've had opportunities throughout the years to talk to people who used to be involved in the occult, And when they get saved... <laughs> They got a greater awareness of spirituality and, and the understanding of being led by the Holy Spirit because before Christ, they were led by many spirits. But your average Christian, you sit and you talk to them about this stuff, and they're like this, huh? Like deer in a the headlight. They had no clue. They're like, what? I'm telling you all. You are, if you're truly born again, if not, then get saved. Repent. Turn to Jesus. None of that can happen unless the Holy Spirit brings it forth. See, He's the one who works it all out. Even from the beginning, God spoke. Boom. The Holy Spirit formed. And why do we keep living these weird lives? I know because the devil's crazy. The devil makes the mockery of the Holy Spirit. Then he gets the church, quote unquote, the church, I use the term lightly, running amok. Making a mockery of the Holy Spirit. And so people look at it and go, Ugh. The greatest demonstration of the Holy Spirit, you all, is a transformed life. I don't care, and I've said this over the years. I don't care how strong the anointing is on your life. I don't care how you rolled, barked, shake, moved, jumped, shouted, <coughs> ran, tongues, talking, devil-casting. <coughs> if you don't have the character of Christ in your life, ha! That's all show. The devil can do that. The devil can do that. You understand that. The devil can do all that. That's how he's going to deceive many in the last days. Signs and wonders. And people are attracted by the droves. This is what we're dealing with you all. And we're just going to get out of bed and be a Christian. We're just going to go through our day, just go through our week, murmuring, complaining, just giving in to everything and anything, and never giving the Holy Spirit a thought. Do you know the Bible says don't live a life that grieves the Holy Spirit? And I, do you ever give thought to Him? Because trust me, when you start giving a thought, you're like, ah, sorry. Oh, I shouldn't have thought that way. I shouldn't act that way. I shouldn't that's the old way. That's the old way. Okay, teach me, show me. You're my teacher, you're my comforter. I'm not going to neglect the work of your hands, Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you that you've given me the Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you that you said you had to go away. He's not greater than you. It's all equally taking place within me because it's what you've purposed and planned for me when I was being formed in the secret place before you placed me on Mother's womb. With the Holy Spirit. So these people who come from the background of the occult, when they get saved, it's a concept they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. because They were just a channel and everything. Spirits were moving among them and in them and through them. I'm telling you, thank God our eyes don't see this realm. (laughs) But it's there, you there i mean even the demons shrieked when jesus showed up
1: is it time
2: <laughs> they know what's coming for them and we don't the average christian doesn't even do warfare the average christian is still running amok with the world with the occult there's nothing wrong with it ha! it's cute oh yeah sad. When Jesus spoke, like when the Lord spoke that day on the couch, today you'll live, like my hands, like huh? Jesus just came out of my Jesus! I didn't said the man's name. Well, if I said it, it was in mockery. Doing horrible God forsaken things. He should have struck me down dead when I was making a mockery of his name, the things I used to do. And I knew the voice in which she spoke to me that day weren't all these other voices that had been speaking to me since I was a kid when I started learning how to channel things.
1: <laughs> like, what? <clears throat>
2: Listen, we have to wake up, you all. Now, the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. Skipping down to verse 7. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideals and old wives' tales. Instead, Train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Verse 16. So keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation. And for the salvation of those who hear you. The urgency of that is due to the scripture that we opened up with in chapter 4. Because what's being prepared on this earth is for the doctrines of demons to go forth. To go forth. To go forth. to go forth and to distract. That's what I'm telling you all. I love y'all. I've been with y'all a lot. But sometimes I go, Lord, it's time for people to go. (laughs) Lord, they don't want you. They want their life. Just give me a little Jesus. <laughs> I say, God, I want people who are hungry. I don't care. I don't care if they come up here and sit and drag. If they're hungry for Jesus, I hope they get saved or they throw the dress off. <clears throat> Take the makeup off. I'll help them. <laughs> I don't care what lifestyle they come from. I don't care if an addict, porn star, whoever, the liar, the gossiper, the backbiter, the angry one. Just <laughs> want hungry people. But this weird complacency of just people just, I mean, sometimes I go, well, I don't even know why we do it. I listen, I could be doing other things with my life. I mean, it's the reality. Because it's the same hand drum. Self-centered. When I mean, it's supposed to be Jesus-centered. It's supposed to be Jesus-centered. We're supposed to be honoring Christ. We're supposed to be growing and maturing. We're supposed to be having a hunger and a thirst. I want more. I want more. I want more. level of deception. It's rising. It's rising. It's rising. And people are just being slaughtered.
1: People are just being slaughtered.
2: I mean, my heart broke. You know, I looked at the 11-year-old transgender person yesterday. Leading the parade through Orlando. Making national news. And again, they're not our enemies.
1: My heart breaks. I go, oh God. Jesus.
2: I remember. I mean, for God's sakes, if I when I was a teenager, when I was a kid, like I Oh, God, if I would have been in this generation. Ah! There's such confusion and and disorder and stuff going on in the minds and the hearts of these kids, and now they're being used to promote these agendas that's far beyond the the people. It's a greater agenda. I don't know if you've been watching the multiple murders that are taking place in our area.
1: Death, death, death.
2: I mean, just chaos. Then you just take it to the national level. Then you just look throughout the earth and you just go, "Wow." And yet, though I may grieve over it, it doesn't. I don't, I'm not burdened by it. <laughs> I'm not sulking like, "Oh, no." I'm grieved, and, I, and I'm in tension. Intentional in my warfare and praying But the reality is, is How many of you can I call up to be in agreement in that How many of you if I would have called you yesterday If I would have called everyone who says Oh I'm in true, Tree freedom, fellowship Say listen we're just going to go And we're just going to quietly walk through the parade In downtown we're just going to pray Not going down to scream and holler And shout and carry a fool But we're just going to be open For the Holy Spirit to move That's how I used to minister. So I need to get back to doing that. Mm. Because I've been shackled for too much in here.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: But people who don't want to move forward. I don't know what the reasons half of y'all show up. But I have to ask myself this. Like the reality. And not being moved on our own because we're moved by our emotions. No, just being led by the Spirit. A little bit of self-control just to be available. Just to go. Prayer walk. Be available. Like the night when Norma and I went downtown. We started one way. I said, no, let's go down this area. Okay, we went down this area. I don't know why we need to go down that area. But then the Holy Spirit spoke to Norma after he spoke to me. So Norma, that couple right there. See, if we never merged off the path that we were heading, a beautiful couple sitting right there who only spoke Spanish. They were riding bikes. Felt the Lord speaking to them. And then to that spot and we all just want to get out of bed and pretend like we're Christians. Who can orchestrate something like that? This is what I'm saying to you all. How then shall we live? If we're not putting this into practice, if this really isn't who you are, then I don't know what else to tell you. Except God have mercy on your soul. Because you're going to have to give an account to Him for what He has given you and what you've done with it. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to berate or... That's just the reality. Like, what we have here, like, people are hungering for it. But when I look around, I go, well, Lord... People are hungering for something. I guess. And we have a place to bring the wounded in to be healed. To hear truth. To be ministered to. To be loved on. No matter where they're at. No matter what the walk of their life is. Even if they don't want Jesus. It's their choice. But at least we're going to love them enough to let them hear about Jesus. But we're also busy with our schedules. We're also busy, 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 busy. And I get it. There are times when things come up. Fine. But just how available are you? Especially when we hear these scriptures. Encouraging us to equip us for what's ahead of us. Go to 2 Timothy, chapter 3. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, kind of doing the same thing. Verses 1 through 5, then 12 through 17. You should know this, Timothy. Timothy. That in the last days, there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be, good God, cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Then tell them to stay away from the lost. Stay away from those religious people. Always oh, talking about Jesus, but there's no transformation in their life. Come on, brother. Always got a word from the Lord. Always got something encouraging. Some new word, but no transformation. Nothing coming from their life. Because they reject the power that can transform them. Have nothing to do with them. Have nothing to do with them. Verse 12. And yes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. So those who are following Christ, those who are hungry for Christ, those who the Spirit of God is working in and drawing them out, oh, they're going to face persecution Hard times are coming. And in that, as we see this, look what happens to the evil people. And imposters. they are all going to flourish. There's going to be so many. And in that, they will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. So with this understanding, you, he says, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. This is what the word does. And like I said when I opened, you understand the war that is being waged against the word. And now you understand why. Because it serves a purpose for your life. And we're just going to get up and just roll out of bed. I'm telling you all. I can't open up your eyes. I can't empower you to do or to be motivated. That's the spirit of God's work. As you come to Christ, as you accept Christ, as you're born again of the spirit. But oh, how I pray that you understand this great salvation which you have received through Christ if you're truly in Christ, that you might live and not die. That you might go forth and declare the goodness of the Lord. You can have confidence in who God is. Even if you're the only one you'll still be able to stand. I think of these prophets. I look at these people. I hear these stories of, and I'm just like, God. Like, they inspire me. Like, everything is screaming at each of us, go back. Come back. But he's the only one that can sustain us to propel us forward. And it's through his word. It's through his word. And half y'all don't even open it up. Half y'all, even as I'm preaching, not even listening to the word. You're focused on all other stuff. And I go, <laughs> I mean, you're hearing the word preach, and everything else is distracting you. You just got out of bed. And thought you're just a Christian today. Then you wonder why your life's not changing. Then you wonder why there's no transformation happening. You're just like a whew, fading star. Like that fig tree with no fruit. And you're gonna be dealt with. Not by me. But by him
1: you understand that?
2: The urgency. From the beginning to the end. The urgency. Know your God. I have to, you know, devour. But Who am I now? Have you, have you awakened to that yet? <coughs> who are you now? How are you finding your identity in Christ? Hopefully not by TikTok. Hopefully not by social media. Or any of these weird things that are out there. Or by lukewarm Christians. By the word. In the word. Applying the word. Living out the word. (laughs) Embracing Christ. The greatest compliment I could ever have received in my life. And not that I absorbed it for myself, but it was all for his glory. And so my ex-lover would look at me and say to me, I don't know the man you're becoming. Like, you're a different man. Like, you're becoming a better man. Like, you're structuring our home. Like, things are taking place in you and just the environment that you're creating and just the pull of my heart. Like, I, I don't know what's happening and I don't know how to fight for you. I don't know how to fight this God who's doing this to you. what? All I had was the Bible. And my teaching tapes. I need to know who I am. I can't do this anymore. I don't live this way anymore. And when I had to look, and I, and I think, I said, God, even your divine mercy. Like, I don't know where else I would have been able to go to, to allow the the, pro, the work that God was doing in me to, to come forth. I really don't. But I had a place to go. <laughs> and somebody to care for me and love me, even though it's not God's design. <laughs> and
0: I'm like,
1: how does
2: he had to, Rich had to take a step back and watch all of this and go, what is going on? I remember the day I woke up. And he turned over and he looked at me. And I was like, I can't leave here anymore with you. Because it doesn't honor God. It hurt. It hurt me, it hurt him, but I knew like I had to can't do this anymore because it doesn't honor God so he packed up the stuff and moved to the other room you keep this room I'll go over here just begin to do things who the heck I was and as it is today all these years later I still live with that concept of I don't know who I am God so teach me today because God, I never want to think I've come to a point that I've arrived. Like, oh, look, I'm this Christian. No, like every day, God, because there's, I'm still behind enemy lines. So, how then now shall I live? How do I live today? My, my struggles that were there are not my struggles today. Because you grow, you mature, you know? But that's, I share that because I don't know what, what you're all doing. How are you dealing with the old nature? How are you dying to yourself? Picking up your cross. This instrument of horrific death. And following Jesus. In a world. That hates that. That tells you, lay down your cross. It's okay. You've taken this too serious. You don't believe Seth, the stuff I've heard over my Christian life from good old Christians. Got one half of the church yelling, yelling at me, you're always a faggot. You're just here to pervert the men. You're of the devil. You have the other side. Oh, you're taking it too serious. (laughs) No, 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 that's not what God meant. You see, this is what it means. Oh, God is fully embracing you for who you are and how he's created you. And so be liberated. Go back to your love. Go back to your life. See, God saved you in the midst of that. And God wants to do something there among you. So go back. Then you have others. Press on. Press on. Praying for you, brother. Love you, brother. Keep striving to be more Christ-like. Get up. (laughs) Praise be to God for that small percentage of people (laughs) that kept saying, move forward, move forward, move forward, move forward. I don't know what's out there among you all. But I know it's there because he warns us. There's stuff. This realm, this realm, and this. That wants your soul, that wants your soul to devour you. That you would be swallowed up in wrath with them. It's your choice your choice. But oh, how I pray that we would awaken, 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 oh sleeper. Oh, I've been praying that he would breathe life to these dead bones and raise up an army throughout the earth, Lord. We would be the people of God, doing the will of God for the glory of God. How then shall we live in these days and in the days to come? Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 3. Get in the word, you all. Get in the word. Get in the word. He says, This is my second letter to you, dear friends. And in both of them, I have tried, I love this, to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the Holy Prophet said long ago. And what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, perk up, scoffers will come. Jesus, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of His command. And he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same, Jesus, word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for a day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you, but you. But you, who? You must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He, listen to this, does not want anyone to be destroyed but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. How, then, should you be living, you all? Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, He will set the heavens and on fire, and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we, ha, ah, are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth. He has promised a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen... Ah! Make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in His sight. And remember our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him. Speaking of these things in all of his letters, Some of his commands are hard to understand and those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with other parts of Scripture. And this will result in their destruction. And as it was then, so we see it today, the letters of Paul being twisted. You already know these things, dear friends, so be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and, oh God, and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our glory to Him, both now and forever. Amen. The days of the Lord. The day of the Lord is coming, you all. As it was written for them, It's been written through the generations. We receive it and we're just passing it on until he returns. This is where it's all heading. And we just want to stamp Jesus to our lives. We just want to pretend. We just want to, whatever we do. (laughs) What? I remember living the religious life. After coming to Christ, I fell into that season of just conforming to just what you do. Just go to church. Just do. Just do. Just, do. just, do. just, do. just. Shh, be quiet, Rob. Just shh, sit down. Someone just shut him up. Mm-hmm. Not everything is spiritual, Rob. Oh, okay. So I sat down. and I grew more uncomfortable more discouraged more depressed and oppressed
1: <clears throat> <clears throat> what?
2: leaving church going this isn't what I gave my life for I wouldn't have walked away from my life for this <laughs> I wouldn't have I, like this where's God where's God Where? where's, where's God where's God where is he I remember years ago doing street ministry and just feeling like this this void and just sitting on the steps just going, Oh God, I've wandered off. Where are you? I can look back now and see I needed that season. I needed it. I needed to grow. I needed to mature. It's all part of growing and maturing. Praise God I'm not there. <laughs> so if you're there, I get it. But come on, get up. Get out of it. Run. Throw it off. That's what I had to do. I finally had to get out of bed one day and say, no more. Just like that. Speak. No more. Drag myself in front of the mirror. Oh no. This is it. It's done. And I repented. That word repent. And yet, and yet, they want to deconstruct Christianity and strip it. Oh, there's no Come on. Don't take it so serious. God's okay. And yet we hear it multiple times so far. How are you doing repenting throughout the day? Because when you're not repenting, then whatever that is that you gave yourself, that you're hoarding yourself to, these gods, that's who you're serving. And that's why you are an adulteress. Israel was charged with the same thing. The adulterous law. You're to be my bride. And you're pouring yourself out there with all of those gods. And you think somehow when I return for you? Why do you think he says, my bride? She's without spot and blemish. She ain't a tramp. She ain't a hood rat. Jumping from one to another to another to another. And it doesn't even have to be physical people. It could just be your thoughts. Mm -hmm. It could be what you're serving. Be what you're giving yourself to. Well, you gotta wake up, you all. You gotta wake up. Be keep being entertained. Keep being lulled to sleep. Continue just to go the waves of everyone else, marching, blinded, just going down and down. That's your choice. That's your choice. But you, you can never say <laughs> you've never heard it. His mercy and grace alone allows us, and even myself when I hear this word, yet again, you're being instructed. Yet again, he's, His mercies are new every morning. Yet again, He's revealing Himself and saying, Come out from where you've been. Come to me. Repent. Like, it's stored up, you all. <laughs> and we're worried about if... People are going to drag us out of our homes. We're worried about, the bomb's going off or anything else. We, get, we have more fear of all of this. Of sickness, of disease, of terrorists, of financial collapse, of whatever. And if you all would just fear the, the wrath that's coming, it'll drive you to your knees. That's what you ought to be surrendered to, to God. Not to these little gods who are provoking you with all this other false fear. Trying to keep you down. (laughs) Oh no. You say, not today. Not today, Satan. Come at me every which way. And I don't say it in an arrogant way. Because I can't defeat him. But one thing I know ah, as I'm in Christ. (laughs) And if I stay submitted to Christ, if I first submit myself to God and then resist the enemy, he has to flee.
1: He can't touch me.
2: He can't take anything of mine. Come on, brother. See, you're living from a place of victory. Well, it's not victorious now. Well, it's because you're looking at the temporal. Look up. He's already won. So if he wants you to endure what you need to endure, endure it and shut up. Mm. Be still and know that I'm God. But if you really want to hear the true translation of it, shut up and know that I am God. I don't like God to say, I don't like him that way. Oh, you don't? Well, then just keep serving your little gods. I mean, come on, you all. This is God. This is who He is. We can worship Him. We can love Him with our whole being. Alright, let's close at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I should be able to conclude it next week. 1 Corinthians. Yeah. Chapter 15. Oh, I pray you go back through these scriptures. Don't just take my word for them. I got nothing else for y'all. It's just the word. Here's the hope. So, in all of this chaos and all of this craziness, where's the hope? Well, you're going to hear it. That's how we're ending. The hope. The hope. Because he's resurrected. And those in Christ, too, will be resurrected. This is the hope. This is why we can endure. This is why we throw off the sin that so easily entangles us. That's why we don't continue just to be led with every form of weird teaching and weird doctrine that's out there. Chasing after all these weird fables and godless tales and all this other stuff. You'll be shocked of what people come up with. That's why you stay rooted in Christ. That's why you stay rooted in Christ. Because this is your hope. Chapter 15. The resurrection of Christ. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you, if you, if you what? Continue to believe. The message I told you. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter. And then... By the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers. At one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. Crying the least of all the apostles. In fact, I am not even worthy to be called an apostle after that after the way i persecuted god's church but whatever i am now it is all because of god it is all because god poured out his special favor on me and without and not and not without results for i have worked harder than any other apostles yet it was not i but god who was working through me by his Great. so it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach, for we all preach the same message you have already believed. Part two, the resurrection of the dead. So we just read about the resurrection of Christ. Now we're going to hear about the resurrection of the dead. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless, and our faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given a new life. But there is an order of the resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. After that, the end will come when he will turn the kingdom over to God, the father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy is to be destroyed is death. For the scriptures say God has put all things under his authority. Of course, when it says all things are under his authority, that does not include God himself who gave Christ his authority. Then, when all these things are under His authority, the Son will put Himself under God's authority so that God, who gave His Son authority over all things, will be utterly supreme over everything, everywhere. If the dead will not be raised, what point is there in people being baptized for, who? for those who are dead? Why do it unless the dead will, be, will someday rise again? And why should we ourselves risk Our lives hour by hour, for I swear, dear brothers and sisters, that I face death daily. This is as certain as my pride in what Christ Jesus, our Lord, has done in you. And what value was there in fighting wild beasts, those people of Ephesus? If there were to be no resurrection from the dead, and if there is no resurrection, let's feast and drink, for tomorrow we die. Don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company corrupts good character. Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. Oh, and he's talking to the church. So then he goes on and he wraps up this portion, part three, the resurrection of the body. So he encourages us by the resurrection of Christ. He encourages us about the resurrection of the dead. And we're going to end with the encouragement about the resurrection of the body. But some may ask, how will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? What a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put in the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat, or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it the new body he wants it to have. A different plant grows from each seed, each kind of seed. Similarly, these there are different kinds of flesh. One kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. The sun has one kind of glory while the moon and stars each have another kind. And even the stars differ from each other in their glory. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our earthly bodies are buried in brokenness, huh? But they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried As natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. The spirit tells us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth. While Christ, the second man, came from the heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will soon we will someday be like the heavenly man. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical body cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. Oh, perk up. We all will we will not all die. But we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet blows. For when the trumpet sounds, those who are dead, or those who have died, will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting, is the sting that reveal, results in death. And the law gives sin its power. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. How then shall you live in these times? <laughs> be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. This, you all, is how we are to be living in these days, for the glory of God. God so loved the world that He gave His heart one and only son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Like Jesus took upon the wrath that we deserved. And through that, he placed upon us his righteousness. If we truly believe, if we truly believe that Jesus is the son of God and he rose from the dead, You understand how that alters you because you're born again of the Spirit. And now you're to live in the Spirit. You don't have to be wandering off. You don't have to be going back and running amok. you got to be growing. you got to take the truth in what you're hearing and begin to apply it. Application, sustained effort, hard work. It's not a divided heart. It's not one foot in, one foot out. Oh, I feel like I should be, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian today. <laughs> it's just who you're becoming, you all. And enjoy the process. Because it's leading us. <laughs> home. He's coming for us. As others will in, in, endure His wrath, as others will have to endure God, And we heard it's not his desire. It's his desire that they would repent. When's the last time you told someone they needed to repent? Why is that word far from our vocabulary with our loved ones? With our co-workers, with our neighbors, with just people that we have an opportunity to speak with and to share with? Why do we make a mockery of sharing? The gospel. And you know why? Because you don't even understand the gospel. That's why people make a mockery of it. Because they don't truly understand it. Because when you truly understand the gospel, when you truly understand what has taken place, when you truly understand what Jesus accomplished and why Jesus was purposed to come, (laughs) and you're like, what? You did that for me? For no reason. I've had to clean myself up. I didn't have to, I didn't have to work and do all this stuff. And oh am I am I right now? Am I okay now, God? Do you accept me now? No, 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 no. Just right where you are, he steps in. I've made a way. His name is Jesus. And you can be reconciled back to your Creator. You can be at peace with God through Jesus Christ your Lord. You can have the hope of the resurrection because he is resurrected. And that's why you're living. That's why, that's why the Bible says like, you have to have a belief and a confession that he is the son of God and that he rose from the dead. Because if he hasn't rose from the dead, uh, then just go. Yeah, eat, drink, and be merry. Just run them up. Because really, what's the purpose of it all then? That's why Christianity is the only faith. <laughs> that offers the created any hope to be restored for all eternity, you all, for all eternity. You see, we're just pilgrims. If we're truly saved, we're just pilgrims passing through. But there's work to be done. So let us rejoice in that. I'm going to close us out with this last song of worship, and then I'll close us in prayer.